1: Welcome to the Dope Black Queers podcast, an intentional space for us, by us, which centers our blackness, queerness, and transness because we deserve.
2: And on this week's episode, we're just checking in. So we're back. Sorry.
3: (laughs) Okay.
4: horny jail. Just slide in. (laughs) Um horny jail. (laughs) No, not Um, even horny, just just got bad sense of (laughs) humour. I mean we're always always thinking it as well, Chloe, but no one says it. Yeah, but
5: I'm the immature one. I come off like really mature.
4: Yeah, you do.
3: (laughs) You do sorry, (laughs) you're calling yourself
4: immature. If someone was this like, oh my gosh, I know Chloe Fulani, And I'd be like, really? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, the immature one. And I'd be like, no,
5: different person. <laughs> I don't know her. I don't no, know I'm her. Saying, I'm i I'm not immature. So the humour I have is very immature. okay. okay. We love a <laughs> yeah.
2: juxtaposition. multi you know, It's
5: very, it's, it's giving yin and yang, you know? Yes.
2: Um, I'm also definitely keeping this in. This is how the episode starts. <laughs> this is how the episode starts no for sure it is you're going to
4: need to put an NSFW for the U <laughs> the baby, um, quiz. The
2: baby oh, not the quiz. baby that are definitely um, listening but no I'm keeping this in so hi this is AID my pronouns are they, them and theirs uh, you can call me AIDS I am wearing pyjamas a Mickey Mouse top and a grandpa hoodie or grandparent hoodie um, who else do we have in the studio this week?
4: we got me um <laughs> my name is marley also known shy one my pronouns are she her i am wearing i would say it's a bit of a grandparent hat um a fleecy kind of black train driver hat and a long sleeve burnt orange apron records t-shirt
1: yes i'm tali uh my pronouns are they she and I am wearing a very warm jumper, some pink jogging bottoms and I've got red lipstick on and a double winged makeup look because it's yes. necessary.
5: I'm Chloe, so no one can see me. I'm Chloe Filani. I'm wearing a black top, hoop earrings, got new braids with some orange bits on the side. If WhatsApp was working, I could send it to you all in a link to the future, <laughs> but sadly... <laughs> The world has decided to be in some sort of Y2K vibe half the way because other internet platforms are working, with well, Facebook and Instagram, and what's the other one? WhatsApp. WhatsApp is all dead. So, welcome to half of the end of the world. Half <laughs> of the end of the world.
2: I like that's like a little Easter egg, so you can know what date we recorded this. Yeah. If you, uh, if you uh, do your research or remember, how is everyone?
1: I am good. Cold.
2: It is Rickish. that time of the year now.
1: Yeah, it's that time of the year. The is officially though. on. The heating is on. Autumn is also my favorite time of year, though, because Halloween and queer and mm. dressing up. So, I'm kind of excited. But I'm. Do
2: cold. you already have um, Halloween costumes? Costumes selected.
1: Is this trick or treat? Yes, I do. They were like someone asked me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, I have two. I have two costumes. Uh, I have. I'm doing like a an alien look, mm. like very but like 1960s. You know when it's like aliens, like uh, when Mars attacks vibe, like when it's ridiculous. Okay. It's like mm-hmm. it doesn't look anything like an alien. It's just painted blue and a bit slutty, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing that look, and then I'm also doing Lydia from um, what's it called. Beetlejuice, when, Yes. yeah, when she's yeah. in the red wedding dress, yes, when she's in the red wedding wedding dress and is about to get married to him, and she's got the little punk hair bits where they're like spiked and dark, like under eyes Doc Martens. But again, I'm making it club kick, so I'm going to do it like red but latexy, but mm. with some tulle. I can
3: uh, Is see this for
1: uh,
4: trick or treating, or is this for? This is uh... just
1: for life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. I just know that I need not
4: to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to Lidl. Yeah,
1: just a yeah. little. I'm just pop into the shops. But yeah, I'm good.
2: I've never I'm- really d- dressed up for Halloween. I think I'd like to like go all out, but I've never been to. Mm, that's a, not true. I was gonna say I've never been to a Halloween party, but mm. uh, there was one that I host. PP did one. Yeah, that was like a Halloweenish party. I did. A, I dressed up for as. Um, oh what's the jordan peele film not uh, get out
3: Us. oh us Us.
2: so i just wore like a red boiler suit yes um, and i had bleached my hair that week anyway so it was a very basic um uh easy easy to achieve it looks good though i'll give that to myself but um Mm. no i want to go all out and do like some big thing soon come maybe 2022 who knows so yeah you're excited for halloween how's everyone else doing
4: I'm doing good, thanks. I've been, the last couple of days, I've just been a music nerd, uh, buying more gear and rearranging and rerouting, um, like rewiring my studio. And I think I've now got the set up. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm just, it's part of like my, my autumn prep slash SAD prep. And I was like, I need to get this studio. I need to make my little cave like ready to just... Hide away for the next few months until the sun starts to come back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really excited. Just been watching loads of tutorials <laughs> on a. That's a lot of months. <laughs> that's a what? <laughs> that's a so lot a...
1: of, so of m-
3: months.
4: Mo- yeah, I was,
1: as I said that I was like, <clears throat> it's gonna be like six <laughs> months. So. Month. Also, it's in the UK, like that could be you could have one month of sun and then that's
3: it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's no windows in the studio, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. But yeah, I've just been preparing um, by getting my studio ready to, yeah, to just be the perfect spot for me to just go and be in whenever I'm not DJing. Uh, for is the it next? Yeah, for the for Is it that future. you
2: update um, like equipment or your the the new equipment you're buying is stuff that your old equipment couldn't do at all?
4: So the new okay, the latest piece that I bought was yeah it was something that I've never had before. It's this thing called a patch bay, and it it is like a an extra thing to the setup that helps to connect everything. It's kind of mm-hmm. something that I needed because I had like amassed a certain amount of of analog gear I needed more um yeah I needed something else to kind of be able to host it all
3: okay.
4: so yeah that's that's the new bit I added but other than that, all the other new stuff I've been adding is just like different versions of similar things drum machines mm-hmm. and samplers and stuff.
1: Mm. nice
2: it's always really interesting like the finer details of someone's craft Mm. I'm just trying to get like an inside view
4: yeah I feel like most people don't really give a lot of insight into their studio especially musicians they definitely don't but like visual artists maybe because they'll do like um, open studios and stuff like that yeah but yeah no one really wants to speak about it and I think they should it would help Mm. so many people like myself
1: it's very true
2: Speaking of artists, Chloe. Oh, that was a segue. I'm patting myself on the back for that.
1: <laughs> that was great.
2: How are you doing? <sighs> mm-hmm.
4: Enough said. Okay. I changed my name.
2: <laughs> I did, I saw. <laughs>
5: um, I know he can't actually say everything because it's low-key like a bit shady to like people that are helping anything of a thingy but not great emotionally i don't know why but i was just feeling super low today it's like my energy is really picking up on the um, whatever retrograde we're in now
3: mm. um mm.
5: and yeah technology normally in retrogrades for example technology is not my friend it's like everything with technology just starts either glitching shutting down disconnecting not connecting to the internet And that's basically been today and like this whole facebook apocalypse um (laughs) is sort of like a bit of a reminder of that but like that even became like i was already feeling like low and emotional like i was like oh my god something something just making me feel dragging me down um so yeah sorry to bring the (laughs) the don't be sorry
1: no at all you're being real yeah don't be sorry
2: yeah
5: but yeah it's 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 i don't know i'm just this week will pass i'll get through it i need to figure out and i'm like you know when it's like you're not really equipped with certain things that you're doing like in the show i've got like speakers and i don't really know how to like like i don't know the technicalities of speakers i'm just like where's a thing to plug in my mp3 player and that's not there and i need to figure that all out and so I'm just like, like my friend was like, oh, you need an amp. And I'm like,
3: what the fuck is that?
5: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, okay, I had need to learn a lot of new things in which I already was doing for the work itself, because I don't really write essays. So I've been learning how to write essays slash just like write more longer worded things because I do short, short, short poetry.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: so, yeah, there's just like a lot of learning stuff. Also, I'm coming to the end working with someone who there's also weird feelings towards. They definitely will not hear this, so it's okay to say it here. <laughs> um, it's a very complicated situation. Um, he's very like, of a hair. I don't really could see myself with you, but also I'm deeply attracted to you and I keep showing that. I keep saying it or suggesting it but without actually ever putting it straight out there. Um, so yeah, I'm in a complicated situation. It's situations like that everything is going well today and, it, and things are coming to an end. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the like, low energy as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: yeah. Thanks for being yeah. real.
1: Yeah.
4: No, 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 for real. Thanks that's for like, being I'm... real because it's easy to like, not to take away from that, but I think everyone in you know every day goes through something but whether or not we actually choose to be real and acknowledge Mm. it and share it is another thing so thanks for just coming and not presenting and you know trying to show face for um i love you chloe
0: we love you thanks
2: thanks
5: you know Um, honesty is it's hard not to do i think the more i've been stepping into like this idea of like divine transness the more (laughs) it's like Oh, yeah, that divineness is not always meaning, like, you're great and happy. It also means, like, when you're, like, feeling shit, you're also going to be really, really honest about it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, like... Essentially, it's the whole cliche of, like, living one's truth, and I'm just, like... It's so hard for me to be two-faced nowadays, for example. I, like... If I don't like someone, they're going to know. <laughs> mm.
2: No, that's true. I've, um, sure what would you said about, you know, the week will pass? Um, as As... I don't know, shit as it feels right now, the week will pass. I relate to that. That was where I was last week, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm. And look, look at us. I'm here. We made it.
1: Yes. Um,
2: yeah. But yeah, no, you sit in the honesty. It's sometimes more difficult or feels more difficult than the lie that carries you up until that point. But it leads the path to like a better tomorrow. Oh, wow, that's a very corny he's a path for better tomorrow tomorrow. I love it I love it Um, but it does it like clears the path out the way it's like okay all the bullshit's there we're Mm -hmm. cutting all the shit down and then what will come will come Mm
3: -hmm.
2: but yeah thank you for sharing that Chloe Um, we do not have an actual topic uh, for today's episode we're just gonna chit chat and catch up so we're gonna take a short break and then we're gonna come back and see what comes Okay, so we're back. I think since we last recorded, like clubs are fully in like back happening weekend, mm-hmm. every weekend. Another club. Another club. <laughs> another club. Um what is it like? Be- I haven't been I haven't touched the club yet. Tali, you're hosting, Marley you're yeah. DJing. Chloe, have you hit the club? What's it given?
5: <laughs> um I would say so, I don't know about everyone else, but I started slow. So, I did the sort of like two people in a house, four people in a house, park mm. gatherings, birthday parties, 10 or so people. And then slowly it got like to like or maybe like a party outside, 30 or so people. And then clubs, but like maybe a roof party. And then this summer I've gone to like a basement thing. So, that was like very much like. You catch covid you catch covid you got your vaccine you got your vaccine <laughs> like
3: mm-hmm.
5: be safe yeah. but obviously it was it was very much bacteria everywhere exciting mm. and fun um i haven't gone to any specifically queer nights um i think the closest to that is like pda but like it's such a mixed crowd um it's basically like east london creative folks and djs yeah, was- and I was
3: going
1: to um, say, it's PDA, artists, a queer night. Fashion people. Mm. It's more fashion isn't
5: it? It's not really, like, it's not a queer night. It just has a lot of queer people that come. Mm. But, like, oh. there's, like, rude boys, rogue men, random druggies. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's in a collective amount of people. It's very mm. strange. Mm. It's very... It's fun, but it's very strange. Like, no one really knows what's going on.
1: <laughs> very London. Very London, very on brand. I was quite similar to Chloe. Like I started quite slowly where it was like some house parties, but then it was, sort of went from zero to a hundred because I started like, I've been hosting for Queer House Party since it's been in lockdown. And it was like an online event. And now obviously it's, it's both. So yeah, it's been quite wild. The first one was quite, in, I think, um, intense for me because I was like quite nervous about COVID Mm -hmm. um and I wasn't double jabbed at that point I am now I'm very happy um but yeah (laughs) but I wasn't at that point I only had one jab so I was really worried about COVID so that was the main my main thing that was like concerning but um the other thing is is just being around that many people because we haven't in ages I was kind of stunned a little bit for the first sort of like hour and then I was like okay I can get into this I can have a good time I can dance hosting as well which is different because you're working Mm. but it's like a lot of fun um and then I did a panel at Wilderness Festival so then after that I stayed um and stayed for the whole festival which is uh yeah was interesting because I haven't been to a festival in ages and then did Mighty Hoopla with Queer House Party as well and that was thousands of people so that was quite quite wild but I was saying to Marley earlier, um, I think clubbing's changed quite a bit. For me, anyway, Mm. it has, because there's loads of baby gays. Like, in in a very different way. I mean, there's always baby gays, but what's happened is, like, there's, there's baby queers that started, like, came into lockdown at 16, either were... Figuring out, like, where they sat amongst queerness or whatever, or they had just come out, were in lockdown for the whole time and are now 18 years old and are in clubs. And it's kind of wild. And their experience to, like, how it was for me coming out around the same age is completely different because their whole time has been watching stuff online. Like, you'll speak to them and they just know, like, everything. (laughs) Because they've had time to just research Everything.
2: They've just been Um, on TikTok uh, sharing and disseminating (laughs) all the information that we're learning in our old age.
1: Yeah. It's very, like, it's, I don't know, it just seems really, really different. And they're so excited to be out Mm. and, like, in queer spaces, which is actually really lovely to see. But they are babies and there's so many of them. So it is, it's quite different for me. Yeah.
2: It must be, like, a complete energy shift. Um, Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Completely. I want to
2: experience it maybe once for like an it hour. It
1: is quite exciting. Like it may be quite emotional to sit like the first time in, in Queer House Party because they were so happy to be out mm. and they were so happy to just be around. Like some of them were meeting people they'd been speaking to for the entire of lockdown, like as friends and made queer groups but had oh. never met in real life. And had come oh. to Queer House Party to meet when were, we're like emotional very drunk, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. having the best time. And it was really lovely to see, like, it was really sweet. Mm. Yeah.
4: What about you, Marley? I have... I was just checking my diary, actually, to see, like, how long has it been since I've been back in the clubs when I re-emerged. And, um, yeah, my... My kind of reentry to to nightlife and clubbing was behind the booth, not on the dance floor. Um, and kicked it off with like a bunch of it was like a few gigs and festivals but I was just checking the diary and my first weekend of gigs back I think it was my first week or maybe second weekend I actually ended up putting myself in A&E <laughs> because of oh how, my god yeah <laughs> I got really run down so I don't know what's happened to my poor body in lockdown if mm. it's just not used to it true I have aged two years and I'm now in my, I'm in my 30s um but yeah it just it i didn't even go hard guys i i didn't (laughs) i I didn't like i swear i I didn't get on it i didn't take no drugs i barely Mm. drank um all i did was i did like two gigs back to back one was in brighton and after the brighton gig instead of like staying in a hotel like usual i caught the train back to london like the first train back 4 30 whatever after my set Mm -hmm. got back to london had like three hours sleep then had to be up in the morning to go and do something else and that evening mash up like crazy stabbing pains i thought my ribs were broken and Mm -hmm. then like tried to sleep through the night got worse and in the morning like i had to go any um and i had a lung infection and the doctor said it was it was from being run down it was because then if you know there was like Recently, if people don't have COVID, but they're really ill with similar kind of thing, and it's lasting for weeks, I had that. Mm-hmm. Then I got better. Then I went back to DJing after about a week. And then that happened. And he was just like, you were run down.
3: Wow.
4: So that was nuts. Um, but other than that, really have enjoyed like all the festivals uh, after I recovered. So I did 10 days on antibiotics. And in those 10 days, I had like another four gigs, which mm. meant no drinking, which was... That was a lot. I'll be honest, like, returning to clubs after, like, over a year and a half out, um, having that anxiety just about, like, you know, going into, yeah. like, packed spaces whilst there being this, like, this deadly virus. Um, and just the social anxiety of it. Yeah. Um, but then also not having alcohol as my usual, you know, like, crutch. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a... It was probably necessary. It's probably good it showed me that I can do it. Um, but yeah that was that was quite intense.
1: That's quite a lot.
4: Yeah was well, I forgot that happened. Yeah. But um but now yeah all good, all in the flow of things, loving the crowds. Haven't really been in Queer Spaces, that's the one thing I'm really missing so very excited for um Body Movements Festival. Oh uh, I'm
1: so excited for it. I'll see you there, yeah. Yes. Hey,
4: yeah. So Is it a really, one day festival? Isn't it two? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
4: Did you say it's Monday?
2: No, is it a one-day
4: festival? It might be two, but they've got after parties as well.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
4: But yeah, I'm really excited for the queer spaces. I miss them. I don't really have, like, a connection to them anymore, I suppose. Well, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm queer, but, like, (laughs) I'm not a part of a queer collective (laughs) or a resident in any sort of queer space. Mm -hmm. And, like, those kind of bookings are very few, far in between in, Mm -hmm. like, for what I do. So, really excited for that. And uh, Mm. even if it's going to be all baby queers. Be prepared. I will. I'll just keep my hands, you know, well, always we keep our hands to ourselves. Sorry. Always. Mm. Almost really just (laughs) made myself sound not very, yeah, it's very shady. That's not me. But yeah, I'll just keep my eyes to myself.
3: Just, Um. yeah, they are
4: literally, it's everyone. (laughs) What are you saying, Chloe? (laughs)
5: I said, were you going to say someone's name because you said you're going to be shady?
4: No, I almost said like, oh, I'll keep my hands to myself. And then I was like, I never put my hands elsewhere in the club, like, mm-hmm. let
1: alone on mm-hmm. anyone.
4: Yeah, that is yeah. not how I roll. And I meant like my eyes. Yeah.
1: But you're just
2: going to be behind the booth like
4: crying and like,
2: look at these cute little babies.
1: You will. <laughs> you will. You will. Oh. No,
4: I'm probably going to get really angry at them thinking I'm the same age as them. <laughs> oh, be like, talk to me with respect. Respect your elders. But <laughs> you see my one grey hair?
1: I
2: can't. Um, I imagine <laughs> when I step foot in like a club, I will like have to contend with the anxieties of that many people. Because yeah. even like the few times I've been in spaces where there's like a significant number of people, I'm a bit like a shutdown hmm. before I even notice that I'm doing it. Uh, how have you both or three of you like, is that something you've been able to manage? I know Marley, you said like it's something you were aware was happening and you were feeling. Do you have, did you have a way of managing it or...
4: The social anxiety?
2: Hoping? Yeah.
4: Um, just like, well, I was lucky enough to be in therapy for a lot of the last... Like, for most mm. of the pandemic. So I suppose trying to, like, remember what she was saying and just, like, a few kind of techniques, you know, grounding exercises. Um, mm. And that was that's really been it, I can say. It's just, like, as in mm. be it, other think ways that I dealt with it are more to do with like me DJing and like entertaining you know like performing and such um how mm. about you Chloe and and Talia? I'm curious to hear how you've yeah like if you do have an issue with anxiety in big crowds mm. and how you've dealt with it
1: Chloe um, you want to go
5: yeah yeah um I don't have social anxiety when I'm like there at the place I get more anxiety to like leave and get there so like mm-hmm.
3: a few things
5: that. that I was going to so like my friend had a wedding and so it was like the reception period that we're heading to and we were running late and I had a lot of anxiety in the cab there um and like when I went to the Day party <laughs> um it was like really late in the evening and like PDA is a place where, like, you can come at, like, 1 and that's, like, the perfect time to go. Like, coming at 11 is actually going to be mad quiet. So, but I still had, like, anxiety around getting in and going just because, like, normally I'm the door girl. So I wasn't the door girl. And, like, that was a thing. Um, but, yeah, I think I've been having more anxiety trying to get there. But once I'm there, I think because I'm normally in spaces that there is, like, at least three to four friends that I know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much good. Like honestly, like having people that I know in that space, it's just like, it's almost like my grounding. It's like, it just pulls me into like, okay, cool. Um, also I don't drink. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I've got the sort of advantage or not advantage, but like somewhat of a, I see everyone's ridiculousness and so the sort of social anxiety of like i might be weird or i might say the wrong thing just isn't really there because i actually can see how like messy everyone is because i'm actually sober but then i'm able to now (laughs) fall into like a silliness because i'm like everyone's being wacky let me get Mm. wacky. (laughs) like everyone says like if you go out if you see me you'll think i'm drunk (laughs) essentially but i'm not i'm just really just like Relaxing into this idea of like because um, I think alcohol is doing to it is doing a thing that I think people could actually do, which is yeah. feel the music, feel the vibe, feel the connection that you're having with people you're in space with. Um, I think because of some of the club dynamics, we're not always in space with people that we actually want to be in space with, but I've noticed I can be the same energy that I would be if I'm in a group of five people in a house in a house that i'll be in a group of five people but with like a club of five people that i know but a club of like 200 people that i don't know Mm -hmm. i can have the same energy because like it's almost because i'm in that the that almost core group of people or just people i know i'm able to like really release myself and be free without any like concerns and worries and i think i used to have a lot of social anxiety but i think yeah the more i didn't drink because i used to drink to cope with it um and then once i stopped drinking for many many reasons <laughs>
3: um
5: but yeah um yeah i just i just don't have social anxiety when i go out anymore even now like i think maybe there's like the slight like, covid scares but like besides that it's never really like a lot around being around people i'm kind of like yeah and plus like at the end of the day like everyone's weird and flawed and kind of silly so like Mm-hmm, no one no one in the space is like walking through it as a beyonce like beyonce's not coming through so like
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, good, <laughs> I relate to that so heavily because I don't yeah. particularly drink much in the club, but that was again it was something that was like a thing that I used to do, and then I stopped uh I think it was when I was living in Copenhagen, and I wanted to just go out to places that uh suited my vibe, so I wasn't necessarily going with people that I knew, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be like lick off my face um in a country where I may not be understanding everything that everyone's saying and I would also bike to the club so I couldn't be mashed up biking back so yeah that's that that was during that year I kind of just stopped uh drinking whilst out and often replaced it with weed which Mm. I can I know function on weed better than I can when drunk but yeah no what you're saying about like you kind of get that like uh, perspective, and you are kind of standing back, and you're seeing the dynamics that play out in clubs that you know, have more clarity on because you're not um, drinking. And it is, I know, freeing because it gives you the permission to then lean into it when you want, and uh, pull back when you when you don't want to. Exactly. But it lets you know that, like, oh, it's possible. Like this, the freedom, the the lack of inhibition that you have um, with whatever substance, you know, alcohol, weed, anything else. You can like access it or it's possible to access it without them. It's like a mind release. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, you've validated uh, an experience of mine.
5: I don't want to get too hippy dippy yoga babe kind of vibe, but (laughs) doing all the moving exercises, doing all the yoga shit, (laughs) um, bending in all these different positions. Gang. um, (laughs) I do think there's something about like, really connecting to self but also like connecting to i wouldn't even say people you feel safe with but people you feel the most freeing with in which there is a sort of excitement around being with these people um and being in with these people where they want to loosen up and they may take drugs or alcohol but your loosen up is like oh, you're ready to loosen up. I'm ready to loosen up. Let's all Mm -hmm. loosen up together because this is a moment to just be free, to vibe to the music, to vibe to each other, to be silly, to be just in a time of enjoyment, Um, which I think, yeah. And I think as well, having I've done like a lot of family, like birthday parties at home, and that was kind of like a similar thing was happening. And again, I wasn't drinking and my siblings drink, but like sometimes they wouldn't, but like they're never going to get drunk And so I noticed there was also that happening and I just, yeah, I've just been tapping more and more into that. So, yeah.
2: What about you, Tali?
1: I don't have social anxiety of big crowds, but I have uh, anxiety similar to Chloe of like when I'm leaving the house and when I'm coming back quite badly. And that's just come from a place of being fearful of people that I might encounter before going to the place that I want to go Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um men like cishet men so yeah that's quite hard sometimes because I like I can become quite late like getting to places because I'm literally like having to like amp myself up and like pump myself to like actually get out the door because I'm like okay I don't know how people like men are gonna be and um it's usually why I spend all my money on cabs because I don't Mm -hmm. really get a lot of public transport because of, like, experiences. So that's mainly my thing. But in crowds, I don't really get it. But I think that's also because of where I'm specifically choosing to go, go. like which crowds I'm in. If I'm in, like, places that I know and are queer and uh, I feel safest in, then I feel okay. But if I have something to go to that is like a friend's birthday on the rare occasion that I do have a straight friend and I'm going to a birthday and then it's like, I'm going to be around people that I maybe wouldn't mix with. And it's not that everybody straight's like that, but sometimes things are said and it does stress me out and it does make me anxious. Then that's when I'll get anxious. And Mm. then I'll have to like, I think the ways I cope with it is just like reconnecting. And it is like, again, I have, a therapist so going through everything with her and going okay let's do some literal grounding work of work of like placing my feet on the floor sitting straight up breath work and if I'm out and I start to get anxious then I'll just like take myself outside for a minute Mm. uh or go to the loo and like literally just like calm myself and just I think another thing is like Reminding myself that if I am in those spaces that I wouldn't necessarily be in unless I was, like, supporting somebody or, you know, it'd be a birthday or something. Then it's reminding myself that I do have the power to leave and it's okay if I do leave.
3: Mm.
1: And that's fine. And as long as I know that and I remind myself of that, then I'm cool. But I think because of, like, school times and being in school where it was, like, all white and there was a lot of, like, horrible, horribleness where I couldn't leave because it was school... I, like, get into the mindset sometimes where I go, you can't leave. Mm. And I have to, like, remind myself that, like, you can and you're fine and you're grown and it's okay too. And you're all good. Yes. You know? um, Yeah. Then I'm fine.
2: That's important. Reminding yourself that you have the agency.
1: Yeah. hmm
4: And I also if that. someone, like, if someone's not going to understand that or won't, you know understand that you did that for yourself and no other mm. reason like and they choose to take that somewhere else than that I don't know yeah that's on them yeah.
1: it's on them yeah and I think it's reminding myself of that as well that that is okay like that it's like it. it is on them if they find that like a problem because again I think if you you know it's like with anything if you had it in the past where you felt like it is your fault then you like sometimes can go back to that and you Mm -hmm. have to like pull yourself out of it and be like no no no, it's fine you're not doing anything wrong by by being honest and being like I don't want to be here you know yeah yeah so it's just that really and with the speaking about drinking that was really interesting to listen to because I was talking to my, my friend about this recently and saying like that I still drink and I do love a drink. But my relationship to how I drink has changed so much from when I was younger. And it's become even more apparent, like, after lockdown. And I don't quite know why that is. I think maybe it's because I, in lockdown, didn't really drink. Like, I made the choice to not because I was, like, really anxious a lot of the time. And I don't like to drink when I'm anxious at all. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's changed, like, throughout the years slowly and then, like, quite a bit this year in my relationship to drink just in the sense of when I was younger again when I was in school like 15 14 I was drinking a lot like quite a lot like on like at parties and stuff and I was doing it for the reason of I was socially anxious then because Mm -hmm. I was in a in school where I like didn't want to be and around people that I didn't like and so it was like a way of coping with it and now that I am in these spaces that I'm like happy to be in, my relationship with drink is completely different and I don't feel like I need to. And it's just like I do if I'm, if I, I'm happy to and it's not getting to that place of, like, smashed. It's like a nice little drink. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
4: for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I had... Um, I'm just remembering now, actually, one of my early first gigs back, I had an experience with my drinking... And I kind of, I felt like I was at a crossroads after it. And I basically, mm-hmm. I just, I drank a fair amount. I was like, every time I'm booked, like, you know, I have a bottle of hard liquor and then several beers and like, that's my ride. Um, and I take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I basically, I felt really, really, I had some crazy anxiety and felt just terrible about how I had handled a situation uh, at the night before a club at the end of the night. Um, And it was all down to... It wasn't all down to, to be honest with you, but a lot of it was down to my level of intoxication. Mm. And um, I wasn't in the wrong. I wasn't. like spoke to the promoters afterwards as well. They were... like, It was someone else that went to the party who disrespected another guest who was a friend of mine, another artist. And then I, all drunk and all like, you know, rared up, ready to defend a woman Mm -hmm. who's been wronged by a man. Just handled it in a way that was not very uh, cautious for my own safety. Um, mm. Like I'm five foot two, what am I doing, squaring up to Mandem? What, mm. like, what am I doing? But when I've got the drink in me, I'm on it. I'm on anything. Did you need, tweet about get. this? Yeah, I did. I remember. I this didn't from, see this tweet. Yeah. <laughs> it was that night. Yeah, but um, that made me really question, like, just the 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 level of anxiety that I was dealing with the next day. Uh, and also cause it was in a professional setting. Like I think that had a lot to do with it, but yeah, that's, that made me kind of just question and reassess my relationship to alcohol and how I like, yeah, how I kind of use it, um, mm. when I'm working and in club spaces and just knowing, it's just a bit of knowing yourself. Yeah. Knowing what it does to you. Um, and if there's other underlying things you haven't dealt with, hmm. So yeah, I'm like, uh, I suppose maturity, gosh. my Maturity,
1: we love to see it.
4: But yeah, yeah, also like, it's it's like a journey, isn't it? It's not straightforward, it's not linear. Oh, for sure. Nothing is. You can be a wreckhead and then you can go sober and you might come back Mm -hmm. and realise, actually, I I like the in-between. I -hmm. want to have a glass of wine every night, but Mm -hmm. I know not to let myself have more than five shots in the club or something,
3: you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely good to like keep checking in with that as well. Because like, especially if you are working in nightlife, like I've found it's specifically working with like queer house party and stuff. It's the same, like, because there's now riders like all the time, there's free drinks around everywhere. It's good to like check in with yourself and be like, do I actually want this or am I having it? Cause it's free.
3: Hmm.
1: Like, because I, I, anything free, I'm like, yes. Right. Great. Especially free liquor. Oh, cause that's just expensive.
2: Dream. And like, no one's giving you to free for like the rest of your life and then you're like oh so you're yeah for me i could just okay
1: <laughs> yeah it's like you know so you do it's like it's good to just check in and be like do i want this it's okay like it's not the end of the world if i don't drink it you know mm-hmm. and just like constantly checking in because things change as well like there might be some days where you can have like two glasses of wine in some way you maybe shouldn't because you are feeling like more sad or more angry or mm-hmm. you know whatever so it's like good to to always check
4: I think. Yeah, definitely I think assessing like where your mental health's at and like, how mm-hmm. that might help you. Because it it's a depressant. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: right. They call it, it's it depressant, is that the yeah. word?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, gin like, is uh... called Mother's Ruin.
4: Mm. That was, <laughs> was my drink. Really that, got me through the, that got me through last year's lockdowns though. Oh, oh, really? Watching. Yeah, I was banging out the gin. I discovered I it last year. I can't drink it. Well, gin with what? Tonic? Yeah, gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. That I can't was me. do it. All of last summer.
1: For real? I learned to drink gin. Mm.
4: Say that again, Marley. No, I was just saying, like, Tali, did you, like, formally... Are you a former gin lover?
1: (laughs) Am I a former... No, I've actually never been able to drink gin because the one time that I did when I was younger, I had the worst anxiety the next day that I think I've ever had. And I Mm. felt awful and horrific. And then I spoke to my dad and he was like, it's called Mother's Ruin for a reason. And... In the family, there's other people that really can't like take gin, and it makes them very depressed. So I was like, noted, not going to have it anymore. But um, from when I was younger, because I did used to drink a fuck ton of vodka, I can't drink vodka now. <laughs> like, I remember you saying this before. Yeah, can't do it. it's
2: um, in a
1: cocktail, maybe, but no.
2: I think even in the cocktails, my body rejects it at some point. But I've never loved mm. vodka. But my body oh. even if even if I can't taste it cuz it's mixed with like sweetness my body's just like no yeah.
3: Yeah. absolutely
2: no. not i learned to drink gin i had the uh, internship at some uh, during the summer i think my first year of uni and it was in like an office and it was just the what people would be drinking and i was like there must be something to it so i was just like oh learn to drink this and it was through like a gin and tonic specifically with slimline tonic mm. and uh, at least two like segments squeezes of like lime segments to really cancel out the harshness of the gin and I was like oh I see what you're I see what you lot are on it's like that bitterness of sharpness but like leveled out with the sweetness of a tonic of water and the taste of limes but yeah that's my my gin anecdote did you but
4: like I don't it or drink not it now.
2: <laughs> say again?
4: did you like it or not though? I feel like you didn't oh have... yeah I did like but that... <laughs> on the edge of my seat <laughs> But
2: that's, I've, I think I've taught myself to drink a lot of alcohol, like red wine. I remember there was a point where I was just like, I'm going to like this because I foresee it in my life. Like, yeah. I used to foresee myself being that bitch who's just drinking a glass of red, <laughs> I am Olivia Pope, give me my popcorn <laughs> and red wine. It's going to become me. So I just was like set about drinking. I was mm-hmm. like, eventually I'll start liking it. And eventually I yeah. did. You kind of pair it with the right yeah. stuff and it, it me I love wine. I love wine so
1: much. Mm. I can't drink beer,
2: but I love wine. Beer. I, I taught myself to, to drink wine. beer when I was in Copenhagen.
1: I hate. I hate to be that person, but to me, beer does kind of taste like what I would imagine piss to taste like. And I'm sorry because I know there'll be a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> listening to this saying no, but I, mean, I just can't do it. I just can't relate to it. I've tried.
2: Marley, you it. drink beer. Yes. Would you, as <laughs> I, I, I someone who also can drink beer? Like Can you? I think there's definitely some some Ooh. There's definitely some that I like you can tell that like, this is not nice tasting. And for someone who doesn't like beer, I'm like, I see why you think this tastes like piss. Yeah. I've
1: yeah,
0: had
1: I tell a you know. lie, I've had one that I did like and I can't it was like a um brew dog one that I actually did like. Mm-hmm. But it's still I was like, why would I ever? I don't understand. <laughs> I That's do so also funny. think But to me also, I am aware that a lot of my life, I like things to aesthetically be pleasing. And to me, beer is is not not aesthetically (laughs) pleasing with me holding it with other people.
3: Yes.
4: (laughs) It's funny that Brewdog was the one that you liked where like coming from Mm. basic lagers and stuff like Stella's. Then me trying Brewdog and all these, uh, yeah, like what do they call them? Like craft beers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah they have such much stronger tastes. So I find it harder as a beer drinker who's been drinking like really Mm -hmm. standard lager all these years Mm -hmm. to now try and get into these. Um, Mm. But I think it's just down to your palate. It's just, yeah, Yeah. we all, you know, receive. Did you like, um, um, sorry, did
5: you like uh, Corona? The drink. I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The drink.
3: No. you
5: have to say that now,
2: doesn't it? Oh, God. You do. And isn't it wild that, like, <laughs> like people were fully like, anti corona, the drink, because yeah, of they corona, lost so the much virus? Money.
1: They lost so much money. It's yeah, wild. I was buying them
4: up. Yeah, so much. Much. <laughs> it, was, it was just, they were on sale. <laughs> they were cheap, just...
1: weren't they? <laughs> Same. Yeah. During, during
2: the lockdowns, I was yeah. I was in, where'd I buy them from? Like, Iceland. I'd always be in Iceland. I'd go, I'll pick up a pack of that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. yeah, but no, I don't yeah, really. I like the taste
2: of corona. It's like, you know, actually, after a few of them, it mm. begins to taste like off water. i um, like, I need to oh. taste something that tastes stronger <laughs> than it is. beer.
4: Yeah, I feel like them. Yeah, them kind of light ones. It's only so long you can drink. It's mm. kind of like with, with desperados. After a while, they get sickly because mm-hmm. it's,
2: mm. it's too sweet. Agreed. They also just um. make
1: me bloat. I must
4: have been
1: like, I don't want that. I want to be bloated on the night out.
4: I've I've finally come to the like. I've come to accept that I am maybe like gluten intolerant or something celiac or whatever but Uh. and someone who loves pints has been drinking beer like almost daily for the last like 10 years Mm. finally realized i kind of i need to have gluten-free beers only
1: oh my god there's quite a few now though isn't there
4: there are but sadly my local shop doesn't have them so right now i'm drinking a pale ale (laughs) 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 the sign can't stop me because i can't read (laughs) wait how do you know that you're gluten-free
5: I mean, um, that you
4: need to not have gluten. Mm. So it's actually... Uh, someone I'm dating at the moment, she was like, babe, I, it, it's obvious that it's, like, gluten. That is Sorry, why is my mm. cat trying to take the charger out of the laptop? Oh, oh, play with oh you God. afterwards. I yeah, am screaming.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: she's doing as well. So, um, so, yeah, I'm dating someone who works in, in hospitality and she knows a mm. lot about booze and all that and she was just like girl i think you're i think you're celiac or whatever like Could it's tell. clearly she'll like recommend certain things for me to drink like, i go and hang out in the bar a lot mm. where she works and she'll be like try this try this and she's just clocked and she's been like yeah it's gluten you mm. you seem to be okay when you're not drinking uh beers that don't have gluten in them so that so that's how going, i found out yeah. though, but i eat like you, i literally just bang down wait is does rice have gluten in it no no, no okay
1: rice is cool. <laughs>
4: But anyway, what? I eat pasta and all of that, mm-hmm. and you're
1: okay with pasta.
4: I think so. I don't really know. But what happens? Do you to your, feel like, tired?
1: It... I'm tired free. I'm
4: always tired.
1: Okay, well, you probably are gluten free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> babe. <laughs> I think
2: this is how a lot of people find out they're yeah. intolerant to something is usually by someone going. um... Yeah. Excuse me. I'm I'm connecting <laughs> dots, and this is yeah yeah yeah.
1: I'm gluten free. Anyway.
3: Um, you're gluten-free. okay.
1: I'm gluten free. Yeah. And I, I found out basically through, so I have EDS, which is like, uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is basically like, uh, a problem with the collagen in my body. And just like, it's around all the bones and everything. So I click out of place, like all the time, like my joints will just like click out and I'll pop them back in. And then it also does the same thing to your digestive system and everything. And lots of things. So you get like mad fatigue and everything. But there's certain foods that make it worse because your body doesn't digest things in the same way and it doesn't absorb things in the same way with food. So when I found out that I had that, they were like, you're definitely gluten intoler- like intolerant. And that was basically by them doing loads of questions and they were like, do you get tired all the time? Do you feel bloated with certain things? Do you feel like run down really quickly? And then as soon as I started to take gluten out i still get run down quickly because i've got eds but the way that my like i get sick and stuff is completely different and i don't ever feel tired after a meal like Um, i'm all good and i can still have it sometimes like if i have it once a month or i'm like out and occasionally i have to have it because i'm also vegan so i'm now that bitch that's vegan (laughs) and (laughs) gluten-free like then i can have it sometimes but at home like i'd never have gluten and it does help quite a lot yeah
5: wow also i'm interested now in your cauliflower wings yeah what type of flour do you use
1: i usually use there's a brown rice corn flour mix one and it's like the density is like it's quite similar if i'm doing it like when i used to do it for like pussy palace then i did both i had a gluten free section and i had a a gluten one because the gluten one i'm not gonna Uh... lie is nicer (laughs) but (laughs) You know, it's, it's good to have both. Because <laughs> the crunch is different. It's lighter. When you use, like, a corn flour, it's a lot lighter. It's more like a tempura batter almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: let us leave uh, intolerance there and uh, take a little break. <laughs> and we'll be back Sorry. in just a second. <laughs> So we're back uh we thought we'd uh talk about the current state of social media and how well we'd do without it so can you live without instagram
1: Ooh. um okay i can't mm-hmm. not because i love instagram but because of work i get a, like so much of my work through instagram so, I, I mean, if there was, like, another platform or, like, some other way to then transfer everything and everybody was on that. But, like, realistically, if it was to go down now, I would lose a lot of work. Mm. So, no. But in a, like, social, like, aspect, yes. Yeah.
2: I, I think I can. I mean, I've spent most of this year not really on Instagram in particular. But I think that's also because Instagram has never been my favourite app if I have a favourite app it's Twitter I think I like the words and the discourse on Twitter more so than I do on anything else so yeah I've never been hot on Instagram and then this year I've just spent most of it logged out and I'll log in to post something maybe check some stuff with dope Black Queers I'll do it for work as well but um, Mm. yeah I'm real chill on Instagram and then Facebook I haven't touched in years because I don't need to Um, yeah what about other people?
4: I think that... Um... I love Instagram. Oh. Yeah? No, go go on, Clay. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, yeah,
5: I love Instagram. Um, I'm a very visual person. Twitter mm. is a demon to me.
2: <laughs>
5: AID, I don't understand you, so... Yeah. I
2: mean, no, it's a demon to me also, but, you know.
5: <laughs> I literally got run off on Twitter demon to me. by some random God knows who telling me what trans misogyny was. I was like, wait, wait. Wait, oh yeah that's on. twitter
3: hold oh. on what, what, what's happening
4: oh. all of the audacity is on twitter all of mm-hmm. it <laughs> actually yeah. all the audacity like literally having yeah. white men telling black
5: women how, to, how they need to live their lives and what racism is to them I'm just like I can't I
3: cannot no. it's um, but
5: awful. yeah um, Instagram's great for me I like I think what, one thing I started to enjoy deeply about Instagram is so I had a chemical burn on my hair so I did texturize it then dyed it and then Texturized it again, so yeah, it fucked up my hair. But because of that, I was bored, and then I wanted to feel affirmed by finding like different images of Black women who were b- bald-headed, and that was like mm. 2015. So it wasn't really like where it is now culturally. Like it was still a bit like very trend moments or a model mm. kind of thing. But kind of I wanted to see more like I guess artsy or more everyday Black women that had bald heads. And yeah, Instagram was a great tool to just literally find those images, specifically like dark skinned black women. Um and then the more other sort of aspects of my like womanhood and transness of just finding like black trans women, just in their beauty, in their awe, in their like doing their everyday, I found like a American black trans woman artist called Juliana Huxtable. And oh, I was like yes, I getting more into art, like I was just able to find and create a sense of self and identity that I don't think I would able to have like found and like gravitated to on any other platform. And like Mm. through Instagram, I may might've found their Tumblrs or their websites or their YouTube videos. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I, I definitely think Instagram was such a, and still is such a vital tool for people to like find self. I think, What's detrimental is sometimes when people find self and then they focus on, like, just the beauty aspect and haven't realised, like, oh, yeah. you might have been looking for, like, all these dark skin women that look like you, but also, like, it wasn't just about they were hot. It, so then you start, like, not just navigating to like, hot people across racial lines. And then you get caught up in the Kardashian space and then you're like, oh, I feel shit about myself now. But it's, like, go back to the root of, like, why you are finding these type of people, you know? Like, and I think that's what sometimes people get lost in. It's, like, they're trying to find their connects and then they get lost in, like, the hot ones. (laughs) And then, yeah, they get to, like... Not that is the staple of Instagram, but, like,
3: um,
5: I definitely think that for, like, a lot of, like, black women, femmes and folks who are, like, identifying as sort of, like, feminists, they sort of, like, get lost in the sort of baddie aesthetics. Mm -hmm. That can be... Very detrimental to your like psyche, um so definitely like pull back. I had to have a moment of like okay, unfollow, unfollow, like not even like in a bad way, but it's like you've afforded all these surgeries, and I don't want that, but like it's cute that you have that um and just like look for a certain type of vibe and energy, and then also just like beyond the aesthetic, like what is it that they do every day as well, that they share, and I think Instagram's quite powerful in that way where it's like we don't always share like, the lows on Instagram, but, like, we do share, like, the highlights, and I think sometimes, if you're not comparing yourself to someone, it is quite nice to see, especially if it is majority of your friends or people who inspire you, that on your Instagram, watching how they're, like, growing or creating or just sharing their life or what's happening that is, like, exciting and fun, Um, and it just, I don't know, but, yeah, I think it's, again, that's, like, a delicate balance of, like, don't compare yourself but like find joy in people's happiness as well because you know
4: Mm. i love that me
1: too
4: but oh okay interesting so you you stick with instagram is still you prefer it and you find it a bit healthier than twitter
3: (laughs) what
5: (laughs) you said healthier no one is like eating tar and the other is like eating a good
2: nice ice cream
5: there isn't a comparison here. <laughs>
3: oh my God. Wait, wow. what
2: was the second one? One's eating tar and one's eating what? <laughs> Ice cream.
5: Ice cream. Like good Ben and Jerry's. A good Some Ben Wait, and Jerry's. Wait,
2: Instagram's Ben and Jerry's? Yes, Instagram is Ben and Jerry's to me. To me.
5: Uh, like maybe okay, not to you.
3: Three. You feel
5: <laughs> the type of way that's two. on you, your body and you your love mental state.
1: Twitter.
5: <laughs> For me, Twitter is legit tar. I... Oh, my God. I can't even... Twitter. Like... Oh, Twitter gives me a damn headache. I can't. Anyway,
3: sorry.
4: <laughs> I, um, I could definitely live without all of them. Yeah. I'm, I would happily... And that might come across as a shock because I use Instagram quite a lot. Um, and I have, like, routines with it. And it is definitely the platform that gets most of my attention uh, and my following kind of I have most of a following on there but I I just I hate I only do it because I'm playing the game and I see how it benefits me and how it has benefited others um Mm -hmm. but yeah that stuff is just it's just a distraction and like Chloe was saying like a different thing I'm not looking at people having surgeries and stuff but like just other things it can just It's not healthy to be... Like, same with Twitter. It's not healthy to be reading so many people's opinions. Mm -hmm. Mm. uh, Especially not about yourself. uh, Or, like, your... Like, yeah, your identity. But I think even just seeing... Just waking up and and seeing what everyone's up to or what they want you to see that they're doing and stuff is just not very good for you over over a while. So, ideally, I would actually be free of all of them and just, like, focus on music. Uh, But... I know it's really important and it definitely does help me to like help with exposure and to get opportunities. I would still get DJing opportunities, production opportunities without it, but it definitely puts me on a lot more people's radar, radars because of it. And it's like the the worst thing about it, the reason I really hate that I have to use it, uh or what, what it might so much is about is that just like following can mean more than talent in a lot of situations mm-hmm. and Very even if you're talking about like musical talent and stuff no you're not getting booked you're not getting gigs for that like you need to have a decent following um, they'll look at that because it's also about promoting the event and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah I wish I wish I didn't have to I wish I wasn't kind of into it so much but I definitely see how it benefits and helps I think it's just about like moderation I'm I'm personally yeah. for myself with it I'm trying to like just moderate how I use it and not really be praying for other people too much. Mm.
2: I think at some point you said that you could live without all of them. Yeah, definitely. Would you feel the need to replace like the, the social connection aspect that we get from the social media apps? Would, would you feel the need to replace it somehow in your life without any of them there?
4: Babe, I would literally just text back everyone who I'm not texting back. <laughs> like, I think I found that in the past. I think I deleted one of them for a bit and I was so much better at actually messaging people back yeah. the day that they messaged me. Mm-hmm. I just, I I, I just, I, I feel really, really overwhelmed by my phone and all the different ways that people can communicate oh, with yeah. me and do. Yeah. And it all just, like, piles up. It's also something to do with me, however I'm wired and that. Like, I clearly have an issue with responding immediately um, on, on these platforms and stuff but it just yeah I would I think it's like that meme sorry I always end up referencing a meme but you know that meme where it's like society if dads went to therapy and it's like yes. this utopian thing I'm like mm-hmm. i feel like that's me my life if, if I just came <laughs> off all social media mm. so yeah that's how I feel about it uh, I would just replace it by actually being a better friend and relative I think
1: i love the honesty yeah man. yeah because as you're we mm.
2: speaking i was like i mean i don't think i use any of them too much uh twitter like i said but Twitter would be the most mm. but i also have times when i've deactivated all of them at the same time because i'm just like i don't need this in my life right now mm. and i haven't missed them but i think when i return to them i i kind of have that oh i missed i missed what i didn't know i was missing of like I know, the peek into people's life. But like you said, yeah. like, you could get that by <laughs> texting people or calling them. <laughs> by seeing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Um, but to defend my tar baby, um, Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. My tar baby. Um,
2: I would say my experience of Twitter, like, massively changed when I unfollowed a bunch of people well not unfollowed more i deleted people from being able to follow me and i put my account on private and i have so much more fun on twitter there because you similar to um uh being fairly sober in the club as we were talking about earlier like Mm -hmm. you just are there with fresh eyes and you're just like watching the chaos and debauchery unfold and it's my favorite thing to like See the arguments that people get into—not my favorite thing—but it's quite enjoyable to like see the like the back and forth people get into over nothing, Mm -hmm. and like you will have people like so you're calling me dumb and you don't know this and your mom and I'm like, you are really yelling into your computer at a stranger Mm -hmm. on the potentially other side of the world over a thing Mm -hmm. that's meaningless. It's just fascinating to watch. Less about funny Mm -hmm. and whatnot, but it's just it's fascinating to watch like people interact. And how they go about it and like what riles them up or what invigorates them. But yeah, I enjoy Twitter from a private account. And I always say that I tweet for me and my 91 hostages, which are the people that (laughs) follow me. (laughs) So I just shit post and I tweet about tennis. I'm like, none of you lot care about this. I know. But this is what what you signed up for.
3: Um. Mm.
4: Twitter just... uh, I've like... The experience, it got too much for me. It was really, really bad for my mental health, uh, especially Mm. like last year. And it was, there was a particular friend of mine who I haven't seen her in years, but I just noticed a lot of the people she was interacting with, the things she was saying, they were indirectly. I was just like, this seems a bit, yeah, I was just getting a lot of like the unsavory, anti all of what we're about people uh, coming up on my timeline and stuff. And then I realised like, yeah, you have to mute you have to mute or unfollow a lot of accounts cuz twitter will just bring it won't just, mm-hmm. just who you choose to follow it's all the stuff that they um it's the people that they engage with as well yeah but then it can just like you can it's so easy to like be misunderstood and get into like unnecessary pasta or just mhm yeah it it's is just, i've had that like and i, I yeah i just really um, i do not want to be someone <laughs> someone
2: um uh, I think it was a TikTok that then gets posted on. I've never been on TikTok in my a day in my life, but I have you not. See a, never, I don't know what the interface looks no. like. I've heard the for you page. Wait, before you know read about TikTok, Aiden. I wasn't A-I-D, going to go.
5: I'm just going to say from what um, Marley said, this is why I call it tar. <laughs> there we go. Continue, please,
2: um, Aid. What was I going to say? Uh, but no, someone had posted a TikTok. Um, <laughs> Like, taking apart, like, the way in which people are misunderstood, almost purposely misunderstood on social media apps. And I think particularly Twitter because it's a it's a conversation in essence. But, like, we live in a world where people have to make statements and we live in a social media age where people have to make statements and apologise for the offence that they didn't intend that mm-hmm. someone has dug around and found before they've mm-hmm. even said anything. And, like, I think that speaks to what you were saying, Marley. It's like... I said hello, but now I've been accused of discriminating against goodbyes.
3: Mm, and
2: it's yeah. like, well, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, and then that will be what will fill the comments of your you know, harmless post. And it's like, well, this isn't fun. This is kind of gross. Yeah.
1: Well, just
4: not really being able to like, you can't have a proper discussion on Twitter. Like you can't, there's yeah. so yeah. much that is missed and there's just mm-hmm. so much room for misunderstanding because it's just text. It's like text, it's like, having a deep convo when someone's trying to go through it or your other half, or whatever. Mm. No, it's ain't one for WhatsApp. We need to speak or we need to be face to face. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: that.
0: It's because there's but no that's...
1: tone. There's yeah. no tone. Like, if exactly. you don't have a tone and someone's writing, it's like, how are you to know how how they're feeling, ever? Mm-hmm. That's why I always, I'm like that. If there's like something where I can see it's about to turn into an argument, even in text or like mm. WhatsApp, I'm like, we're not going to do this here. Call me. Like mm-hmm. now. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's the,
5: I think that's just the two of, I think Twitter, definitely, because Twitter is a tool of, like, conversations with texts. But, like, I think definitely on all apps, that's very much the thing. And I think, like, I was listening to this, like, social media scientists talk about how, like, yeah, the whole, the way people can, like, break up friendships or, like, you know, families, whatever, using, like, social media to have arguments is because of, like, you're literally, like, no longer talking to a physical human being. So, like, how you said, Tali, it's, like, the tone, but it's mm. also, like, it's different to have an argument with someone standing in front of you or mm-hmm. to have a discussion with someone in front of you or to share an ignorant thought with someone in front of you because, like, there's a person there. There's a physical, emotive human being. But, like, mm-hmm. when it's just a screen or even, mm-hmm. like, you're looking at a picture of someone, you can literally just, like, <clears throat> evoke almost, like, yeah, the darker side in a lot of people that mm-hmm. is, like...
3: For
4: sure. I think that's why Twitter is such a disgusting, like, breeding ground for, for hate <laughs> and for I'm sorry, trolls. I'm just looking
3: at AI. I love it. Like it's
4: so Sorry,
2: they offended.
4: <laughs> no, because I
2: know all this to be true and I don't disagree at all.
4: There's that's so why I live my time. much but hate yeah. and there there's is. so much, like, anonymous, really, like, horrible, insidious hate and like mm. doxing of people and mm. harassment and stuff. Like Twitter is the mm. worst in yeah. my opinion. It really, just yeah. It really. Just, I mean, they saw well. Some I feel like the mainstream got a glimpse of it with the football online abuse and stuff. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that's yeah. the only one they've been paying attention to. But the of rest, course. like especially, oh just yeah, the turfs especially disgusting. The
1: turfs on Twitter are terrifying. I can't use
4: Twitter. Anymore, oh, I went like. down that rabbit hole. That was funny. It's so oh. bad, babe. I can't. No, I could, like What it does to my mental health, I really mm-hmm. I don't wish any of the sisters... They don't stop do as well. They don't they stop. Don't. They're deranged. I saw them it's making really this Wayne weird. Cousins thing about... Like, they're actually off-key. Anyway, that's a whole nother episode.
1: Yeah, it really No, is. they don't even
4: deserve the attention. They don't
1: deserve it. No, that. it's true, they don't. Yeah,
4: I think, as you speak about
2: that, I also am reminded why I enjoy Twitter, because I have heavily curated me just coming defending and defending my app but no i've heavily this (laughs) bird app i have heavily like curated my my timeline and i always say like i'm at least three steps removed from whatever is happening in the mainstream Mm -hmm. like what i will see is people's comments about a comment of whatever's popped off and if after like i've scrolled for you know i've three swipes of the of the mouse and I don't know what anyone's talking about, I'm just like, oh, I was never meant to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, like, got a shitload of words muted, like, lists long, however many accounts blocked, so that what I see is literally
0: That's tennis,
2: good. whatever the queries are talking about. And it's usually, my Twitter's, yeah, it's quite, like, fun and light and jokes. Yeah. And then every now and then, you know, if something has dominated the whole entire app, I'll, I'll get a glimpse of it. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, there is a lot of, And it's because you could literally be carrying whatever energy, open up the bird app, and then just tweet all of that into the Mm. ether and into people's Mm. lives. And it's a lot, isn't it?
1: It is a lot. I think that's definitely the same. It's like, I think with whatever apps you do have, you do have to curate everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I did that with my Instagram, Um, similar to what Chloe was saying. I, like, really deleted loads of things, like people and just everything on instagram that i was like i don't need to see this why do i have this and like now it's so specific like who i have and who i follow that like i feel not too bad on it there's still times where shit's gonna hit the fan because it's never what's gonna happen yeah but like it's very different to when i first had the app and the way i feel towards it and the people that i've like met through it as well which i don't think would have happened if i didn't curate it yeah
5: also can we just well like i don't know this is my opinion but like when people be like you're in you're in an echo chamber i'm like yeah i created that echo chamber because (laughs) i walk out in a world that is fucking hostile i have to Mm -hmm. deal with some random people's opinions every other day so i Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with those opinions in a space i've created to feel some sense of like i don't know goodness or like joy or happiness or like i don't know even like it's like even like with the black lives matter stuff in like 2020 it's like Mm -hmm. because of the way my instagram feed was created like yes i saw some of it but like i didn't have all these like random white people just reposting every moment of that video like i actually still Mm -hmm. have not seen a lot of those videos because of the black people i follow are conscious in a certain Mm -hmm. aspect so i'm not being like clouded by a certain like level of pain in which like even when i was like Going to work and like, especially when 2020 opened, like, there would still be like this weirdness that all these white colleagues would have, like, oh, what black book are you reading? They like want to like engage in that way. And it's just like, uh I don't want to do this with you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Yeah. There's definitely something really powerful about like creating a space for yourself. I hate the term echo chamber because it's like,
3: yeah.
5: First of all, it's not our fault that also the algorithm is doing a weird thing now but mm-hmm. we're not the like we're not creating these spaces to be like white ring white wing um nancies or something like that echo chamber is something that actually causes harm like my echo yeah. chamber of like black women black trans women black queer folk some cis hair black niggas because cute <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: like
5: that's not like is that gonna like send people up in arms in the street no that's just not like that just isn't and I, I really hate this discussion where like we're all at fault for all these echo chambers like no we're not we're really not
1: <laughs> I think that's such a valid point I really agree with you yeah yeah for yeah.
2: real this is I've enjoyed talking to you all today
4: same my heart is happy yay
2: oh, does anyone have any parting messages before we leave so. um i
5: want to reiterate what i said at the beginning mm. maybe make it wet before you slide in
3: <laughs> be
5: protective <laughs> use lubrication for play is important you know don't just slide straight in keep. but for for just like random talk yeah we can just get straight into the conversation but
2: yeah intercourse. <laughs> be safe kids <laughs> and i and i think that's the perfect way to end today's episode we will speak to you next time <laughs>
3: Bye, everyone.
2: Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dope Black Queers podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Follow us on all socials at Queers and use the hashtag DBQPod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you want to write us a letter or ask us a question, please email us at dbqpod at gmail.com and we'll see you next time.